Well, hey, my name is Matt Davis. I'm one of the pastors here, and I get to head up the circus that is VBS. Um, our theme this year was wild. And you saw just a taste of it, but imagine five times as many kids just running all over the place. But I want you to know that God did something this week, that God stirred not only in the hearts of our kids, but also in the hearts of our leaders. To be able to be a part of this and to see it happening, it stirs us. And so we are thankful. I'm so thankful for this body. And, and as, we, as we went through the week, our, our theme of wild is set in the African savanna. And we recounted the story of the Israelites' exodus out of Egypt. And God is calling them out of their bondage, out of slavery and into a life of freedom. It's this bondage narrative that God is bringing them out and says, I don't want you to be enslaved here anymore. I'm bringing you out. And I want to walk through this morning a little bit of what that story looked like. But there's another story. It's called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And there's a conversation that takes place between Susan and Mr. Beaver. In fact, uh, there, this quote is actually in your bulletin. If you got a bulletin on your way in, then this is up there. And I just want you to see this because there are lots of places in Scripture where it talks about God as a roaring lion. He roars from his throne in Jerusalem. And so it's a little bit hard to imagine a God who comes in with all of this ferociousness. And, and so Susan is asking this question of, of who is Aslan the lion? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan. I thought that he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. How many of you would feel a little nervous about meeting a lion? I think I would. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. I, I hope that whether you are a child or an adult in this room, that you have a sense of the weightiness of the wild love of God. Do you understand that God is wild about you? Um, for all of the adults in the room, please don't dismiss today and this message and all of the fun and lights and all the noise for just dismissing it and saying, well, this is for them, this is not for me, because I want you to know, God wants you to know this morning that he is wild about you. And so I want to walk through a couple of things. The Israelites, they came into Egypt during a time of famine. Joseph went ahead of them because he was sold out by his brothers, and he rose to be second in command. You can read about that story in the very first book of the Bible called Genesis. And it ends with Joseph's family coming into Egypt, settling in a land called Goshen, up in the northern part by the Nile Delta in Egypt, and everything is okay. But then things change. And I want you to hear this, that God is good even when life is unpredictable. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Joseph has been gone. His bones are being preserved for their exodus out. But there's a new king who didn't know Joseph and wasn't real fond of the Jewish people, of the Israelites. In fact, the Israelites were growing in number, and this new king, the Pharaoh, was not all that happy with them, and he decided to make them into his servants, their slaves. And it was not an easy life. Now, 
if you're trying to picture what this king of Egypt looked like, I was actually in Egypt last August, which if you're going to go to Egypt, go any month in the entire year except for August, unless you like 120 degrees. Um, so I got to go and walk through the land, and I was on a Nile riverboat, and even one night they dressed me up. So I think this is maybe what the pharaoh could have looked like. I hope not, actually. But this would be a good reason why they wanted to get out of there. And so they're there and their taskmasters are ruthless. And their life is in trouble. And that peace and prosperity, they came to the land of plenty. Egypt during that time with the Nile Delta, it was beautiful. It was everything that they could possibly need. And all of a sudden, their life has changed. Their life has turned upside down and unpredictable. And they cry out to God. They say, Lord, will you save us? Will you deliver us? And God hears. And I want you to understand that no matter what place you are in, in your life, whatever trouble that you are in, that God sees you in your trouble. In fact, it says this in Exodus 3, verse 7, The Lord said, I have surely seen. The affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware of their sufferings. Have you ever been in like a time of trouble? Have you ever been in a season of suffering and you just wonder, you ask the question, God, do you even notice, do you even see what's going on with me right now? I think our sense is that it feels like he doesn't. And so... Pharaoh made their lives bitter with harsh work. He said, you're not only going to make bricks now, you're going to do it without straw. And I'm not lowering the quota. You're actually going to have to keep up the same quota, even though you don't have all of the supplies you used to have. And so when I was there in August, we got on a bus and then we crossed over the Nile and we went on, we went from a paved road to a dirt road. And now we're starting to go into some of these back villages and we landed at a place where there is a family that has been making bricks in Egypt for generation after generation after generation. And so we were there and there's this pile of mud and straw and they throw some water on it and we start to put these mud pieces together and they actually put us to work and if you don't know me I'm Jewish and so for the first time in 3,500 years there was another Jew making bricks in Egypt <laughs> this is what it looked like so my DNA just kind of picked up where we left off and I kind of knew how to make all of that happen but I want you to know, in that hot sun, and you look at the stacks and the layers and the layers of bricks, it's, it's backbreaking, it's hard work, and this family has been doing it for generations. Does God see it when they're in trouble? Is God good when life is unpredictable? Absolutely, and God will deliver. God says, I'm going to deliver. In fact, in Exodus chapter 7, verse 4 and 5, it says this. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and I will bring out my hosts, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. And then listen to this. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Who will know that I am the Lord? The Egyptians. The ones who are bringing the calamity. The ones who are bringing the work. 
the ones who are making their lives bitter, those will be the ones. Obviously, yes, the Israelites will know that God has brought them out and God will remind them over and over and over again. But here he says, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and I bring the sons of Israel out from their midst. Where do you need deliverance? Where is your life made bitter? And do you trust that in those moments that God is good? Over 90 times throughout Scripture, God reminds his people. In Exodus 13, remember this day which you went out from Egypt from the house of slavery. For by a powerful hand, the Lord brought you out. Exodus 20, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of of slavery, going in even into Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32, you brought your people, Israel, out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm. God wanted his people to remember he will be the one that delivers. And so they have to follow God who is now on the move. We took a plane last August from Egypt and we went over to Jordan. And this was the picture that I caught from the airplane. And you can see, I want you to just notice here that that's the Nile and the Nile on both sides, it's, it's green, it's fertile, it's beautiful. But then you can see, do you see towards the top of the picture that it starts to get a little bit brown? Um, my feet stood at the edge of that. And I looked out and for hundreds if not thousands of miles on both sides of this fertile Nile River, you see nothing but wilderness. What is this God up to? This wild God that's delivering us out of Egypt and bringing us into nothingness. We are going from the land of plenty to plenty of nothing. Can we trust him? Is he good? I want you to know. Yes, that's right. Amen to that. It worked. It worked. But God is good. Even in the plagues and the waves. And in the wilderness, as they're crossing through, just about as they're ready to go through the Red Sea. Moses told the people, do not fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. For the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Um, one of the rotations that we have alongside crafts and recreation and snacks and missions, we have Bible time. It's our story time where we're telling the biblical narrative, the story of God. And, and I wanted to bring up Debbie Rowley. And Debbie Rowley has been serving with us for a long time. We love Debbie. And she is the master teacher of our master teachers. And she has walked us through. Um, come on over, Debbie. Um, and Debbie, how long have you been on staff with us? Between 25 and 30 years. A long, long time. Uh, and Debbie, you're going to be retiring at, in December. And so this is your last VBS on staff because we're recruiting right. you next year as that's a volunteer. Right. That's um, what I hope to do. That's right. So will you just walk us through uh, what, what was it, the story that we took our kids through this week? Well, Matt, I was so excited about the Bible stories this year because the kids weren't simply sitting and listening to stories. They were actually experiencing them. And so, uh, for example, on Monday, we learned that when life is unfair, God is good. And the very talented Barbara Whiteman and her furry friend Miko 
taught the kids about when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And the kids even got a chance to make bricks. And that was sticky, messy fun. <laughs> then on Tuesday, uh, the kids and I went to Pharaoh 10 times asking that he let God's people go. And then every time that Pharaoh refused, we would experience what those plagues were like. And that Pharaoh was played by none other than our very own Bruce Shoning, and he made it so fun. And it was fun up until the last final plague. That one was scary. And so the kids huddled together by door frames that were painted to look like they'd been painted with the blood of the Passover lamb. And then we imagined what it was like for the Israelites that night as they were waiting for the angel of the Lord to pass through Egypt, killing all the firstborn sons, except in those houses that had identified with the blood of the lamb. Then on Wednesday, we learned that when life is... Changes. Changes, that's right. When life changes... That's right. And uh, Calvary Christian School's very own Jenny Spencer led the kids through the parting of the Red Sea and then into the wilderness. They got to enjoy fresh water from the oasis of Marah. And then they got to gather and nibble on manna as well as catch quail and roast them over the campfire. Of course, the peeps, the, the quail were... Uh, in the form of peeps. So that was very <laughs> enjoyable. And then on Thursday, we learned that when life is sad, God is good. And our high school pastor, Courtney Dowdy, told the best story of all, the account of when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then rose again to show that he is victorious over death and sin the kids got to symbolically take their sins to Jesus in the form of stones that represented their sins, and then they gave it, them to him by dropping them at the foot of the cross. But my favorite moment on Thursday was when the first graders broke into spontaneous applause when Pastor Courtney rolled the stone away from the tomb, revealing that it was empty. Christ was risen. And then on Friday, I had the privilege of helping the kids follow the Ark of the Covenant um, across the Jordan River as God stopped the waters so they could pass on dry land. Then we made stone memorials to remember God's goodness. And then I wanted to let you know that every day we give kids a chance to accept Christ as their savior. We have a wonderful group of people called the Salvation Prayer Team. And so we invite kids to go and talk with them and pray with them. And if they have any questions about the Bible or God, they're invited to go and spend time with these wonderful people, people that include Pastor Dave Mitchell, Jim McCarty, and even Pastor Matt Doan's teenage daughter, Lily. So it's a great bunch of people. And so we are so grateful to them. And for the past few years, it's been led 
beautifully by Pat Pritchard and Janet Chop. So we're very grateful to those people. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Debbie. Appreciate it. You're good. You can tell just even as she's explaining it, you want to be there, right? You lean in a little bit, and the kids are enthralled, and they're in an environment where they get to hear this story. But this is not just a story. It's not just a fairy tale. This is true. Think about this. All of your situations in your life, the trouble that you encounter, different situation, but we have the same God. The same God still works today. He did miracles for them. As they finally got out of Egypt and they say, what are we doing now? What are we going to do? We're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the wilderness. The Bible says 600,000 men came out of Egypt. So that's not including the women and the children. So theologians estimate somewhere between one and a half to two million people without Starbucks or Costco or anything along the way, just trusting this wild God. And the question is, is he good? I want, yes, that's right. Thank you. Our four-year-olds got this down. Now, in Scripture, and we've talked about this a couple times, but I want to just rehash it because I think it's important. When we look in Scripture, the word for wilderness or for desert, in the Hebrew, there's three different versions of that. The first one that shows up the most is called midbar. Say midbar. 271 times, and it's a kind of desert that you can live in, you can survive in. There's water every once in a while. You can take your animals and you can survive. And so there's a couple of passages that you can see. But then there's another kind, it's called tzia. Say tzia. So it shows up 16 times in the Old Testament narrative. And it's a survivable desert, but you are dependent on hospitality to get you through. The third kind of desert is called Yeshimon. Say Yeshimon. And it shows up 13 times in the Old Testament. And this is where you see like parched land, scorched earth. It is a wilderness or a desert which no one can survive. And as theologians have tracked the path that the Israelites took as they came out of Egypt and they're going through the wilderness in the Sinai Peninsula, 35 out of the 40 years that they are traveling, they're actually traveling through the Yeshimon, a place where no one can survive, but it's constantly referred to as the Midbar because God, in his hospitality and in his goodness, provided for his people. Amen? And so what we do is we look to this God and we want to remember what he's doing, what he is up to. There is this end of the week where we set up these memorial stones. And I want us to think about it. What are the memorial stones in your life? We want to set up memorial stones in our life to show and to remember that God is good. And as they come across the Jordan carrying the Ark of the Covenant, God tells his leaders, I want you to remind the people of something. And then Joshua, it says this, let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, because why? Children have lots of questions all the time. And they say, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. 
we traced this story. We took the biblical narrative and we put our own spin on it. And I want to show you, this is day five of our story video that we got to show the kids every day. And we have some of our characters. Our characters, we have Mo and Miri, Moses, Miriam. They're coming out and there is kind of our evil Archibald. He's this archaeologist who's in pursuit of the key of Zion. They've made it out from underneath Archibald, our pharaoh character, and they're in the wilderness and they're still searching for that key. And on this last day, this is what happens. So we do something here at VBS. We say lights, camera, action. Would you join me as we do this on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Lights. Camera. Action. Check this out. Sometimes, when it's quiet, I can still hear his voice. Me too. I wish it were real. It is real. What was that? Was that from the... Was that from the walkie-talkie? I, I, I don't think so. There's no need for that now. From this point forward, I will be with you both. Always and forever. Far from it, Mary. Even when you didn't know I was there, I was guiding your path. Now, start digging. What, right here? You're saying the key to Zion is... Right beneath your feet. Woo! Oh, me! Oh, I can't believe it's actually real. Keep digging. Ooh. Look what I found. We did it. He led us right to it. It's exquisite. I can't believe we got it. Oh. Blast, I can't see what they're doing. Can you see what they're doing, Olga? I think... I think they found the key, boss. Key of Zion? They, they found it before me? Well... I'll just have to be the one to take it from them, then. Come, Olga, before they get away. This is amazing. But, but what do we do now? Because you have both chosen to follow me faithfully, you are welcome to enter my promised land. Well, how, how, how do we get there? Turn around and start walking.
I don't know. He said they just disappeared. Qua disappeared? People don't just disappear, you buffoon. Find them. Hey, boss. I think I just found, like, a walkie-talkie. Oh, brilliant observation, Miss Detective. Put that thing down. It's probably covered in disease. Hello, Archibald. Uh, boss? Olga, was that you? No, boss. I'm here to help you and Olga. You need only to listen to my instructions. His instru... Listen here, whoever you are. Archibald Fitzsimmons IV doesn't take instructions from anybody! Don't show that miscreant. Come, Olga. Whatever you say, boss. Everything we could have dreamed of. I can't believe the voice led us here. I know. It seemed like yesterday we were in the hot sun digging holes for Archibald. But even then, the voice was good. He still is good. You know, maybe we should leave something behind. Like what? I don't know. Maybe this key. Maybe someday someone will come by and they'll hear the stories about us and They'll want to get to know the voice, too. I think that's a good idea. To all who pass this place, even when life is unfair, may they know that he is good. To all who pass this place, even when life is scary, may they know that he is good. To all who pass this place, even when life changes, may they know that he is good. And to all who pass this place, even when life is sad, May they know that he is good. And to all who pass this place, even when life is good, may they know that he is good. Come on, Mary. Let's go discover this beautiful place. Amazing, right? He is good. God is good. I hope that you understand that. I hope that you trust this God who is wild about you. He's pursuing you wherever you're at. We want to just take a moment, um, a little bit different than what we would normally do here. But I, I want to do something that I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble for. Uh, I'm going to have Debbie Riley come back up. And she doesn't know this, but Debbie, would you come back up? Give her another round of applause. Uh, this is Debbie doing Debbie's thing. She's a phenomenal teacher, faithfully. And when I first got here, she, she's been, you've been teaching our kids Forever, And we wanted to acknowledge your effort and what you have done over the last 30 plus years um, on staff and beyond. And so we, we wanted to give you a little bit of something here. Um, as we're talking about memorial stones and setting them up, um, you've done a tremendous job. And so what we have here is a stone. It's a stone of remembrance here. And it says, a stone of remembrance 
to a life given in service to bringing kids to Jesus. And so, Debbie, we are thankful for you. We love you. And not only do you have this stone that you're going to need three men to carry out, um, but all of our crews this week in crafts uh, made you some cards that you can be reading for a long, long time. And so we just wanted to thank you. You have been part of a legacy, not just our little kids here, but there are adults who have been impacted by your ministry here. I've been impacted, so thank you. worth all the trouble I'm going to get in later with her. <laughs> so let me just bring this home for us. Jesus Christ is the key to Zion. Jesus Christ is the key for us to get into the promised land. That promised land for us is heaven. The only way to get there is to put your trust in him. That's what this week has been all about. And so I hope that you get to see a sense. This is not just fun and games for a week. This is life altering. How many of you have had your lives change as a result of VBS at some point? Yes. Amen. Praise God. We can clap for that. That's awesome. We're going to wrap up here in the next couple of minutes, but uh, I'm going to have the worship team come up. Um, we want to be able to continue to worship God in this moment. Uh, wherever you're at, I want you to see at the end of that, that video, Archibald, our, our Pharaoh-like character, even he had an opportunity. The Lord spoke to him um, and, and he rejected, turned his back. And I want to invite anyone in here today who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior that today can be the day of your salvation to be able to say, I know that I have struggled and I have failed and I have sinned, but I am never too far from the grace of God to reach out to me and to bring about that salvation. And so today can be that day. Some of you were dragged here by your kids because they made that decision. And so we want to invite you. And so we're here. We want to talk. Um, and if that's something that you'd like to do, then we're going to pray for you right now. Um, also, as we're going to continue on in our worship through music, we're also going to be worshiping God as we give uh, this, this morning. And so these are our offerings that go towards all the things in the ministries of Calvary Church. So let's pray together. Let's continue to worship and thank our great God. So God, the one who loves us with wild abandon, the one who delights in the praises of his people, who inhabits and sits right here in the middle, who thinks about us constantly, who has a plan for us to move us from bondage and slavery to a life of freedom. Help us to embrace that. And for those in this room today who are still in that bondage, who are still in that slavery, whatever that looks like, when life is unpredictable, when life feels unfair, when we are scared that we would trust in you and know that you are good. But God, not only that, you are good because you have redeemed us and saved us from our sins. 
So we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and rose again so that we might have life everlasting. And if there are those in this room today who don't know you, God, I pray that today, that this would be the day that they would move from death to life, from bondage to freedom. And that is the invite for us. You are our hope. You are our only hope. We will never make it to the promised land on our own, through our own trial and, and muscling through, but that we would acknowledge today, even as we give our offerings, that we would give you fully our hearts. In the name of Jesus.